This is Creative Banter. With Christmas now behind us, Ben and I finish out the year by discussing what is perhaps the most pivotal part of running a YouTube channel, the negative comments. Sparked by one comment in particular, we discuss how returning to a location time and again can actually be beneficial, making you a better artist than if you were to travel to exotic locations. Not to mention the knowledge you obtain around the delicate areas of location you know by heart, as well as the more original photographs you may come away with. As usual, we also discuss a bit about cycling before finishing off the episode and the year with Puppy Talk. Let's dive right into this, shall we? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, pretty low key. I did. I got to the point where I was, I had finished the first video for the Zion stuff after having shipped out all the, the folios and zines and stuff. And um, so I figured it's close enough. So I, I think I want to have it just go out on Christmas Day, just, you know, just for kicks. Yeah. Um, and then after that, go just the regular Saturday morning thing I do. Um, but I, I, I will say that there's there's a difference between when I, have a video that goes live on YouTube. It's a different feeling than if I, you know, post a picture on Instagram or something like that. There, there's this immediate feeling upon making the video go live on YouTube that like, I can't take this back. I, I feel like I'm just kind of like, because I, I, I think it's because you, you kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it's more personable than like a, a, a photograph that you're posting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's so much more in depth. It's long form, and so I, I I found that on the days that I have the videos go live, it sometimes puts me into a little bit of a funk, just because it's I don't know, it's not getting whatever dopamine hit or whatever you'd get for maybe like posting a picture on Instagram or something like that. Mm. It's almost like the kind of like the the opposite side of that. Yeah, and. But, you know, I, I obviously enjoy doing that. I think I enjoy uh, creating the videos more than I enjoy posting the videos. Which and should be the case anyway, at least I think. Yeah, it, exactly. Because it's, it's something that I, that I do because I enjoy the process. I, I think because something about hearing all the sounds, especially like the, the first video um, from the Zion series where it's really heavy on natural sounds. I mean, I, I started out with the sound of a canyon wren, which is like my favorite bird sound. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the signature sound of the Southwest and just like, you know, the wind of the trees and all that. And, and even just before we were recording video here, I was watching back through just a little bit of it just to remind myself of, of some of the stuff in the video. And it was just like a very calm feeling, but then, then there's the, the comment section, um, <laughs> Which I, I think also adds another level to um, the fact that I already, I already feel a little weird posting the videos and almost a little unsettling. But then there's the very, I don't quite know the motivations behind uh, some of the comments. And, and, you know, 99% of the people that comment are, are fantastic, um, which I think is unusual for YouTube. 
But it helps that you don't have the algorithm pushing your content to millions exactly. of people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The more that you put this stuff out there to the serve greater audiences that just likes to tear people down to make themselves feel better. But I, I got this really kind of a strange comment. And I actually, I pinned it to the top of the first video um, just because that's how I am. <laughs> um, where it, it starts by saying, you know, I hope you take this as constructive criticism. And then it goes on to say how, you know, you know, I would probably do so much better on YouTube and have two to three times as many subscribers if I didn't just keep going to the same places over and over again and this and that. And, um, and, and this after the first, the, the opening monologue uh, I had for the video, which is also something I do to keep the, you know, people away that aren't as interested in, in what I do. Um, the opening monologue was literally a love story about me visiting Zion and how much I love it, how right. I've been going there for 15 years and how the longer I've been there, the more I explore and this and that. And, and I, I gain so much more about it. And he says, yeah, you really shouldn't go there as much. You know, you'd, you'd probably be more successful and produce better work if you just, you know, what, what more places. And it was, it was an interesting exchange. Um, and I, it, I found it interesting how it slowly, I, I was holding very steady. I was very, um, I, I, at least I think fairly thoughtful with the responses. You know, I'm not like challenging him. I'm not insulting him. I'm saying him because we know it's a him. <laughs> it's always a him. Yeah, true. Um, it, it, it was, it was like I was being, um, mansplained art by a, tech bro. I guess this is kind of what, <laughs> what it felt like on my side. But I mean, I was, I was very, um, I thought I was pretty cordial with the responses and just explaining how like I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to entertain people or because I'm trying to amass a big audience. You know, that, that would make what I enjoy into work. And I don't want it to be work. I want it to be something I enjoy. And it was interesting how from their responses, it kind of ended up becoming this like spiral of insults, kind of spiraling further and further down. And I just, I don't understand how me simply just recording a video of going and doing something I enjoy and saying specifically, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Why that attracts people that want to, that are telling me to do otherwise. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I, it's, it's absolutely bizarre. I thought it was interesting with, I think it was that comment or you had another one going there too for a bit. Um, but one of them was saying, why even bother record the journals then and post them online? Yeah. And I think that was the only like half decent point that they made throughout the entire argument. Because yeah. like, I can, I can see that whole idea of, well, clearly there's something that you are getting out of posting these things online. And whether that's obviously to help you with your career, but that notwithstanding, like there's some si some sort of personal satisfaction that you get with that. But past that stuff, like I really don't, I don't know. Like you can go around, you could say you can say that argument forever and say that if you travel the world, you would be such a better photographer because you'll be my, more diverse and you'll have different compositions and whatever different experiences to share however you want to like wrap it up but mm -hmm. at the same time 
I think there is so much more power in getting to know a place, even as small in terms of national parks go as what Zion is. It's and get to know it like personally, get to know it much more intimately than what you would be able to accomplish by traveling all over. I mean, there's a reason yeah. why guys like Ansel Adams was known for Yosemite. He wasn't really known for his work in like Mexico or anywhere else that he traveled. And yeah. same goes with uh, William Neal and Guy Tall and all of those others that focus on one specific area and that's what they do best. It doesn't make them any more or less of an artist because of that. Yeah. I mean, and I, I am by no means comparing myself to, uh, let's say, Clyde Butcher. But can you imagine if someone said to Clyde Butcher, hey, come on, get out of the swamp, you know, yeah, just exactly. go, go take some some uh, street photography or, you know, like it's it, it just you, you think that you might give some semblance of of valid or some a little more weight to the. Um, perspective of the person who has been doing this for so long. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like when people are very new to photography, you know, the, the instinct is to try a bunch of different things and see what you enjoy, this and that. But after a while, you figure out what works and what really gives you that sense of satisfaction and allows you to produce the sort of work that you're satisfied with. And then that is sort of the artistic direction that you have. And for me, you know, it is a process of getting to know the locations. I, I honestly have very little desire to travel bar abroad because I feel like it would take so long to get to know a new location and that I would only be producing surface level work and the, sort of the, you know, the, the, the easy to pick apples kind of a setup as opposed to really learning about the locations. Exactly. And there's another factor to that as well, which is the more you visit an area, the more you learn to recognize what the more fragile parts are and the areas that need to be protected, the areas that really should not be made public in terms of like naming locations and, and showing stuff. And so I find that the more I visit an area, the more I learn that and the more careful I am in terms of what I show what I say, uh, and if, if I even show anything at all yeah. you know, for some of the areas. And so I feel like it also sets a bad example in terms of just going to an area you don't know and setting up and going about your business and, and leaving this wake behind you that could perhaps have a negative impact on, on that area. Yeah. I mean, you've, so there, you've there's a lot of factors before, involved too. for that. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you talked about in your videos that you've gone back and seen where you've had or where you've placed your bag like multiple days later or where you've placed your tripod or anything like that where you've sat for waiting for a photo and just the yeah. the impact of how slow it how slowly it recovers from something as simple as a 50 pound weight on the ground <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and, and like when I went on the um, the spring backpacking trip, and then uh, you know almost three weeks later came back with my wife, and I still saw my footprints in the sand there, and you know it, just stuff stuff like that where you know there there is an impact, and then if you have more people going there, and it it does it does speak to the whole you know hustle culture that we've talked about in the past, where you know there's there's this you know conventional wisdom that you you follow whatever 
is the popular path. You do that and that's your, your recipe for success. And then you keep working in this and that. But, you know, that might be fine for some people, but it's not, it's not the case for me. I mean, for, for me, if, if I were to write out what my perfect life would be on paper, I'm darn near living it. I mean, in terms of being able to go to the places I love, to revisit those places, to go there to take photos, you know, ride my bike between them. I mean, to me, that's, it's, it's a very simple life, but it's something that I very, very much enjoy. And it just, it's a strange instinct to tell other people what to do and how to go about things. And then for that to uh, descend into just a spiral of insults. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. And, and also I should mention that um, when, at least it's been my, it's my understanding that when people do that, oftentimes the commentary is not about the person they're addressing it. It's really commentary about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has to do with their own insecurities, their own stuff, and they will project that onto other people. And in many ways, it is kind of a sad peek into the uh, perspective of the person who's leaving the comments. And so that's why I don't, I don't get upset. I don't get angered by the comments. I'm confused sometimes a little bit. Um, but it, 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 it makes me, for the most part, almost a little sad for the person leaving them because it just sounds like they, you know, it's, it's a peek into a life and it's not the life that I'm leading nor would I want to lead. Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember the last time that I left any sort of negative review, even on like a basic product or something like that. Because, yeah, me neither. Because I just, I think of that, I'm like, this is going to take me more time to write this review and to express my displeasure with it than it is for me to just let it go. And like, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong, negative reviews, if they're genuine, can be great in terms of things, uh, in terms of helping companies or like podcast recorders, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to get better at what they're doing. But most of the time you just see like the one review that we have for on Apple podcasts for this, that it's like two, yeah, two privileged, pompous, something and another individuals. And it's like a one star review. I'm like, okay, like, that's, I, I give me something more. At least if you're going to leave a re- negative review about what we're doing here, give me something to improve on. But that's not what people want to yeah. do. They just want to try and bring others down into their own negative spiral. Yeah. And you do wonder if the people that are inclined to do that, because I'm the same way. I, I've, I don't, I have no desire whatsoever to leave like negative reviews, whether it's a video or a product or whatever. Um, but it does make me wonder, you know, do the same people do that? Do they just have, did they just say that to people just on the street? Like, oh man, that is horrible pair of pants you're wearing yeah i mean what what are you thinking with that color i mean what it doesn't match anything you know it's like is is this the way they they just carry themselves in regular life no it's it's not so it's just something about being you know having that uh anonymity power to do that yeah yeah, exactly yeah and to leave it anonymous and because of course you know if a person leaves a response like that there's not usually an actual name associated and it's not usually a person that has you know work that is publicly publicly visible in this and that. So it's it, it is kind of a strange sort of thing. But I, I typically avoid a lot of that because I think the people that leave those comments 
don't bother sitting through videos of a person with a large format camera taking a picture of a tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I was talking to someone else on Instagram about the comments that you had gotten on your YouTube channel. And it, it's a shame, too, because as we were talking back and forth, we both agreed that seeing comments like that, especially on someone's channel like yours, where you have such a degree of prevalence in the landscape photography community, it's it's kind of a shame to see like that kind of critique going around, especially of the one photograph that you had taken um, of the the cottonwood tree, was it? With the- uh, the, the maple? Yeah, the yeah. The yellow maple? Yeah, the yeah, maple yeah. with the uh, grass and going to one direction, the maple yeah. off to the left and- how that's not balanced or whatever, according to this guy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all, that's wrong. <laughs> but it kind of, I think it drives or it can drive people away from going onto communities like Nature Photographers Network or other ones that, because they think that that's kind of the kind of critique that they're going to get, that it's all going to be negative and that you're doing this wrong. And, oh, if Ben Horn is getting these negative criticisms, well, my work is nowhere near as good, and so why would I even bother? So I, I think there's definitely a double-edged sword there too. Yeah, yeah, and and I was, I was just flipping through my phone to to pull up that one. Um, so it says, uh, and this is the same person who left another comment for the other exchange you're talking about. It says, just starts by saying the golden maple photograph is unbalanced with the left trees and the direction of the grass to the right. I looked at it, even trying to like taken to see if what the person's saying i'm like i i still don't see it because they kind of flow all towards the right and that's sort of the point of it but it says it designs an opposite movement beneath the image the horizontal lines and tones are great though oh yeah so you end it with a positive um but yeah it's just it's just it's just a weird thing like i i i have i've never understood the uh desire for for people to give just unsolicited advice yeah it just it's n never anything that i would do um but uh but yeah yeah but that's just that's that's part of youtube but it does between just you know posting the videos by themselves leaving me just feeling a little weird but then to have that sort of thing it it makes it so it is it is honestly a bit of a negative experience um, but then when I posted a couple days later that, that picture on Instagram, yeah, it, it, then I got my little dopamine hit. So everything balances out in the long run. So, you know, there's, there's that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Life of, life of a photographer who puts herself out there, you know, you're, it's, that's just kind of the world we live in. People want to tear other people down just to make themselves feel superior, I guess. Yeah. Unfortunately. And we'll never get away from it. Even if we get rid of the internet. We'll still having day to day lives and high schools all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is true. Uh, um, yeah. So what else is uh, what else is new with you? As you and some of our listeners surely saw, I got a bicycle yesterday. So nice. It's um, something that I've wanted to get since 2019, 2020 time frame. Um, but of course the prices of bicycles skyrocketed right around then oh, and yeah it was it was insane even used old old used bikes were selling for a lot of money let alone something you know new you know yeah so because I, I remember i went to the same i went with my mom girlfriend to the same shop uh that i ended up buying the bike from yesterday and i just remember talking to them figuring out like what kind of bike would be good and then 
talking about prices and uh, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like this, there's, there's no way, there's no way that I would have been able to justify it. Um, and even going yesterday and having looked at prices of bikes and everything, I mean, you're still looking at like 500 bucks for a new bike. That's very basic. That isn't some like Walmart cheap kind of brand thing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, went to the bike shop and test rode one of the bikes that they recommended. Everything felt good for me. Uh, not like I really know any different. So yeah, it's not until not until you get the longer rides that you really start noticing stuff. But everything everything's all adjustable, so you'll be able to get things tweaked to perfection. Yeah, you know. yeah. So I mean, I figured it's good enough for now. If it lasts me two, three, four years, whatever, however long. Even if it's a next year that I get something different that's more suited for what I plan on doing, then whatever, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So obviously got the bike, got the kickstand put on it, the water bottle holder, um, got a helmet, and yeah. So now it's yesterday and today it's been raining nonstop. So <laughs> yes. of course, yeah. Yeah. So. Looking forward well, to going cool. out with when, it. When you get a break in the weather, we can get some, you know, good dry pavement out there and uh, get some some sunny skies. Uh, that will be that'll be a nice thing to to add to the lineup because I know like um, earlier today I decided to go out for a little ride. It was uh, just the the local route that I do, and uh, there is something about when you kind of get the pace going and everything. You know, you're you're pedaling along and everything is just there, there's a certain, um, there's a nice feeling that comes with that. Just like feeling like the resistance of the pedals and just, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it's actually quite soothing, uh, to be out there on the bike. So I think that'll be, I think there'll be a fun thing for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially as the weather gets better. I know that there's a, there's a park, not maybe 10 minutes from me that I've gone to with the camera quite a bit. And it's always like, it's always that place where I go when I just, I don't feel like driving very far, but I want to get out in the woods. So yeah, they have a uh, a trail that goes around the main lake for this park, and it's a paved trail, bicycle trail, running, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I figure I'll take my bike over there a few days, even like twice a week, and bike around there when I'm bored, or bike the back roads, that kind of deal. Yeah, with this bike, I want to get a a little rack for above the rear wheel so that way I can have mm -hmm. like a just a bag with me if I want to take my or, uh, panniers if I want to take my yeah. uh, or my 4x5 with and play around That'd with that. That'd be kind of cool. I thought so too. Give, give a whole different um, way of seeing things from a photography standpoint of of that that actually be really cool. Um, I it, That's not something that I would really be able to do too much for what I do um, maybe, maybe if I just, you know, if I go to a place like Zion or whatever, maybe I'll throw my little RX 100 point and shoot, um, in one of the pockets, but, um, but that would be actually pretty fascinating to take the four by five kit along yeah. and to be able to sort of combine those, those two aspects. Yeah. I could see doing like eventually it becoming a whole series of just traveling along the, the back roads around my house and taking a photograph here or there, or even just one photo each time that I go out on the bike. And making up like a series of that or something yeah, cool. It could lead to like a, a zine or an ebook or, or something like that. Just have that, that common theme, you know, that, that ties them all together in terms of that's how you got around. Yeah. 
Um, I've, I, I still think it would be kind of fun. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, if when I come back from one of my trips, I got to drop my film off at the lab. If I just ride my film to the lab, it will be a 100 miles, but I, I think it will be interesting to do that, <laughs> but that's probably the only actual photo related thing. Yeah. Um, but another thing too, um, now that my wife is off work for, you know, between Christmas and New Year's and all that, because we're recording this you know, kind of the week between, um, but we've, we've been hitting the gym a little bit more. And uh, one of the things we've been doing is we've been doing, you know, leg presses there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've gone maybe four times or so. But it was really weird because when I went out for a ride today, there's this one long straight stretch uh, of bike lane along the road. And it's, it's really good pavement, really smooth. And um, I was riding along there in traffic there. I think it's 45 miles an hour. I think that's the speed limit. And so the cars are always going to be going faster than me. Right. But I was, I was riding along. I, di- I didn't feel like I was working particularly hard. I mean, I was pedaling, but I wasn't like, you know, going all out. And I noticed that the cars were slowing down a little bit. I'm like, what? What's going on here? I looked down at my speedometer and on this flat straightaway, I was doing 36 miles an hour, mm. which in that same area, I'd typically be doing about 30 or so, maybe 25, 30. But I looked down, I'm like, what? I'm doing <laughs> 36 on this straightaway right now? And it was just really bizarre because the only thing that's been different is that we'd been doing some of the leg presses. And I'm, but I'm like, but we went to the gym four times. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. this is already having like, apparently some degree of an impact. Um, and then there was another stretch as well, which is a much longer stretch. It has kind of a gradual downhill than a gradual uphill, but it's, it's a pretty long stretch with really good bike lanes. And then I, I had like my fastest time on that too. So it, it was just kind of interesting to see that like, oh, oh going to the gym actually does help. Yeah, um, yeah. So I would have thunked it. So that's, that's the other fun thing, you know, uh, with, with the cycling is that seeing that degree of progress where it's actually something measurable as opposed to, you know, art or photography or stuff like that, where it's hard to measure actual progress. But when you have like hard numbers, it's easier to, to measure that progress. Yeah. I don't have a uh, bike computer or any of that fancy stuff yet. That's later on down the road, I think. But yeah, um, it, it'll be, it's, it's fun to add. I don't know if you're a, much of a stats person, but it's just kind of fun to see, even if it's distances or elevation or whatever, mm-hmm. um, heart rate, but it, it is kind of, I, I love having access to information and stats and stuff. So, um, it's something I do enjoy being able to see while I'm out riding as well as when I get back. But, um, that could be certainly something that you add later down the line, but otherwise you can just have like your, your phone in your pocket and have it running like the, the free Strava app and keep track of the distances yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like I said, right now I want to keep everything pretty much basic or as basic as I can, uh, while still covering the, the necessities like the, um, like the spandex, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just going to ask you about that. Haven't, will, will uh, that become a reality? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm yeah. sure it's bound to, but I, I think I said something about about it to my girlfriend and she was like, she said something about yours being uh, too colorful and gaudy. <laughs> and I said, oh, That's you have exactly no idea. That's exactly what I was hoping for. I'm like, I want to buy a jersey, but I want it to be too colorful and gaudy. <laughs> um, so, but also, um, I, I guess it depends on where you're riding to, because obviously high visibility is is 
key for a lot of the places I'm going. Right. Um, but if you're more on, you know, not as much around traffic and stuff like that, you know, it's maybe not quite as necessary. Yeah. But my, uh, my biggest know, thing right now is, is yeah. figuring out what kind of routes I can all take. Uh, because the unfortunate thing about being in the area that I'm in, in terms of like, or at least for biking, is we don't really have bike lanes around us like anywhere. Mm. So you were you're stuck to like back roads and yeah. even some back roads are sketchy in terms of uh, riding a bike back there. So we will see what ends up happening. I have a couple of routes in my head that I've either done before or that I think would be at least feasible enough um, and go from there and see. Because yeah. really, I just wanted this just as a way to get outside and to not just be staring at a TV screen while riding a bike inside the gym kind of deal and that kind yeah. of thing. So. Yeah, definitely a whole different experience. And also make sure you get like a, a good blinky red light and a blink, good blinky white light for the yeah. front yeah. and back. Because that's, that's, that's what people will see more than they see the colorful, stripy, dotty uh, clown suit or whatever it is that I'm wearing. <laughs> but that's the, the lights are the, the, the most visible part so but that's cool that's cool um so now this is we're gonna have to change the name of this podcast to like spandex and puppies i think oh yeah uh eventually that will probably get us some great reviews yeah they're like these people don't even talk about photography yeah i don't know yeah, yeah right you no, know there's no creative banter going on at all here anymore it's just puppies <laughs> no. and spandex and the occasional yes. camera yes yes yeah i think for our going into our third year we'll have to change it up and completely go away with uh, a regular routine yeah or just yeah, completely I mean, or just go into or really switch it up really screw with people think that we're going into spandex and puppy talk but really we're going deep diving into camera reviews and tech talk i'll give all the uh the tips and tricks i'm i'm really good at that i've got a lot of experience with the uh the tips and tricks so <laughs> you know i'll just use my just, i'll just spout wisdom so yeah you know that works for me yeah so anything else new with uh with uh emmy and speaking of puppies you know anything else new in that regard not a whole lot i mean we've got her scheduled for her spay in the end of february so at least there's that we got that taken care of uh so long as she doesn't you know ruin it for us and then make us wait three months but otherwise i mean she's been sleeping in bed with us so that's a change wow and that, that and that's going pretty well yeah, uh, last so kind of made the decision last week since my girlfriend had off from last Thursday until I think the second is when she goes back. We were talking a little bit about it, and I'm like, well, since she has off, I'm like, just let Emmy sleep in the bed with us. We'll take it night by night and go from there. Because worst case, we have the whole week, or we, at least we have a stretch of time where. If we have to start to put her back in the crate, she can, she's not ruining our sleep too bad where we have to get up early. Um, yeah. But no, she's been great. She's been sleeping through the night. She woke up She woke up today at 4 o'clock by body slamming into the balcony door uh, because <laughs> we to potty train her, we use the bells hanging from the doors. And she must have gone out of the bedroom toward the one door that we have that goes down the steps, but we have it blocked out with a box. And she must have went over there and rang the bell there, waited a minute or two, and was like, 
these assholes aren't coming to get me and let me outside. (laughs) (laughs) So she must have come back into the bedroom. I'm sure in the doorway, she looked over at us, saw that neither of us were up to get her, and then decided that she was going to attack the bell on the uh, glass balcony door. So Uh. that scared the shit out of my girlfriend at four o'clock in the morning. So yeah. but otherwise, she's been, yeah, she's been good with, uh, with sleeping in bed with us and with all of that. So, That's it's good. finally nice That's to good. nice. It's, it's nice to finally be able to sleep through the night and not be woken up two or three times. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've, um, we know we've tried having Oliver sleep with us, but he just, he moves around too much. He'll just get up randomly and decide not to be under the covers and try to go around you know, hop up on the bed again, this and that. So, uh, so we, we've been having him back in his, his crate again, which he, he, he's fine with. And he sleeps through the night fine. But, uh, but yeah, he's just for a small dog. He just, he's, or he's too active yeah. even, even at night. So he's, he's, he's better off in his crate, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, good out, times, good times. out of the three of us in bed, it's my girlfriend who is moves around the most, who is the most like active through her sleep in terms of just she'll get hot during the middle of the night and she'll take off all the blankets and then all of a sudden she just has the quilt over top of her when I wake up next and I don't understand quite how Emmy deals with that being on top of all the blankets but they make it work I guess. <laughs> there, there, there was one time when, uh, when we had Oliver uh, sleeping with us he was kind of I was on my back and he was uh, kind of like between my legs and I had this dream that I was falling. And of course, what you do when you're falling is you try to stabilize yourself. So you kick wildly, <laughs> um, which I was doing in, in real life. And then he was there. And so he's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he kind of learned not to not to go down there anymore because apparently I have dreams of falling frequently. <laughs> uh, so but uh, but yeah, always a uh, always always an adventure with the with the critters. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, now that I have all the zines shipped, all the folio shipped, um, I just have I just have to finish writing the voiceovers and stuff for the videos. When we're when we're done recording this a little later on this afternoon, I'll be recording the uh, voiceovers for the the third video. Um, but it is kind of crazy to think that fairly soon I will be done with all that work. And then it'll be time to start thinking about heading out to Death Valley again. Um, it's, just, it's just kind of weird going from a time when it has been so incredibly busy just to, you know, things calming down again. Um, so I'm, I, I am looking forward to that uh, coming up. I do want to try to catch some snow in Zion. I, I am very curious to revisit some of the canyons in Death Valley to see how they handle the crazy flooding. Um, there was a, uh, it's probably quite minimal now, but there was a, um, uh, all, all the rain from the storms that came through in August left behind a, a temporary lake in the salt flats in death Valley, which a lot of photographers have been flocking to go photograph. And I've had zero FOMO about that just because, you know, I, I've photographed the flooded salt flats in the past and, and I have some photos from it I'm very happy with. Um, I also know it can be very frustrating in terms of once you get out there, you know, there's a few inches of water on top of salt and you immediately realize, where, where am I going to put my 
camera bag or, you know, how am I going to handle this? Will the clouds cooperate? What, you know, so it's, it's a lot of work to do that. And I've, I've enjoyed seeing all the work that photographers have produced from there. But I'm also kind of hoping that by the time I get there, that it'll all be dried up <laughs> so that there might be some interesting patterns and stuff underneath, which would be kind of fun to shoot. Yeah. But I mean, don't um, you know, if you, I, went out that, to that. if you went out for that flooded area, like everyone else, you probably would have been a better photographer for it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just, you know, taking some risks, you know, getting outside the comfort zone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know. Maybe I should just follow the advice of all the negative comments and just see where it leads me. I'm pretty sure it would uh, be a wonderful place. Yeah, you know? maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. it would work out for you. Maybe you'd be making like millions of dollars each month from following that advice. You never know. That sounds kind of terrifying. Just in terms of like, that'd be just a lot of pressure. Like I just, it would, it would, it would transform. It would almost certainly transform something I love into something that's just like. This is, I, I, this is weird. I don't like this, you know? Yeah. 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 Any, any, uh, any future plans you have in terms of, uh, photo trips or anything else in the, in the coming year? Um, still trying to figure out what I want to do. Still trying to figure out, uh, what's going to work out best with Emmy now being a part of the trio or the group. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to camping, that kind of deal. Um, I know that in in March, no, April. In April, I want to go up to Vermont for just a long weekend, uh, find a place to stay and celebrate my girlfriend and my 10th anniversary. Um, oh, cool. And since that's an area that I would at least like to check out to see about moving to in, you know, four decades when we're able to afford it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Other than that, though, there's we're still going back and forth. I, I would love to go back up to Acadia again because, um, you know, I want to maintain my poor aptitude for photography. I, I don't want to be successful. <laughs> um, no, no, no one does. No. So I, I'd love to go up there, but we got to talk it through a little bit and see what exactly we want, we want to do. If we want to try camping with Emmy and as that being our first camping thing, or if we want to push that off until uh 2025 again and see but yeah yeah we'll see she emmy certainly changes things but it's for the better i think i hope <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean it's it's weird thinking back to the time before we had oliver um and it, there's been a couple times when we dropped him off at my wife's uh, and uncle's house before we were, like going on a trip somewhere or something. It was just really quiet in the house without him, without his little paws clicking around on the hardwood floors. It yeah. just it felt really weird. Like once once they're a part of your life, it's just it's it's weird when they're not there. So it'll it'll be cool if you can include them, you know, include her on the in the trips and if that works yeah. out. Yeah, though I will definitely say that. Her waking up at like 5.15 this morning and barking like a crazed lunatic, thinking that there's someone in the doorway about to murder all of us, when in reality, <laughs> it's just my dad downstairs getting ready for work. Um, yeah. Not exactly the best thing to wake up to. I, no. I could definitely go without that. I kind of miss not waking up to that kind of shit. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not not quite as uh, not quite as ideal. Yeah, we yeah. we also have skylights in the in the living room area, and 
There are times where she'll just look up at the skylights in the night and start randomly barking at them because she sees her reflection <laughs> or she sees me oh. or being reflected or whatever she sees. I swear she sees ghosts, but yeah, yeah certain things I would definitely, uh, definitely can do about, do without, and I'm hoping to kind of train out of her, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all part of the fun of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hope you enjoyed our creative banter. You can learn more about Cody's work by visiting his website, codyschultz.com. And you can find my work at benhorn.com. For further discussion, join us at patreon.com slash creative banter. It's a place where we can interact with you, the listener. And although we greatly appreciate those who contribute by joining a tier, discussions are open to everyone whether you're a paying member or not. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around next time.